This week's episode of Certified comes to you from ACE the OCS. This time of year, everyone is looking for practice tests to make sure they are ready for test day, and we've got an excellent suggestion to help you prepare to ace the exam. ACE the OCS is an updated practice test written for the 2021 exam with questions that feel similar to the actual test regarding their difficulty, question breakdown by body region, and content areas. The author includes several references and detailed explanations behind right and wrong answers for each question to help you learn. Please see the direct Amazon link in our show notes and order your copy today. Again, the name of the book is Ace the OCS, and you can order it directly through Amazon at the link in the show notes. This is Certified, the OCS Prep Podcast. I'm Alexis. And I'm Amanda. And we're here to help you prepare for your OCS exam. Hi, everyone. We have been asked a few times to cover lower extremity nerve entrapments, so we're going to go ahead and go through them in this episode. This is going to be a brief overview of the most common lower extremity nerve entrapments, um, and I'm going to provide a couple resources if you'd like to review them further, um, and I'll leave those resources in the show notes. So the first thing we're going to talk about are lower extremity nerve entrapments in the anterior and posterior hip and pelvic region. Nerve entrapments can occur around the musculotendinous, osseous, and ligamentous structures. Physical examination findings will vary depending on nerve function and can include impairments in sensation, reflexes, and or motor function. So that's going to depend on which nerve, uh, what type of findings you're going to see. Tonell's sign can be positive and recreate symptoms when these nerve entrapments are superficial. Palpation may reveal localized tenderness in the area of an entrapment and provocation movements that stretch the involved nerve are likely to reproduce symptoms. Diagnostic testing includes MRI, ultrasonography, EMG, nerve conduction velocity test, and anesthetic injection. Nerve entrapments in the hip and pelvic region can include the sciatic, pudendal, obturator, femoral, and lateral femoral cutaneous nerves. So the first one we're going to talk about is the sciatic nerve, and I'm sure this is something that we are all very familiar with. Um, so the sciatic nerve can be trapped under the piriformis muscle between the ischium and lesser trochanter during ischiofemoral impingement syndrome and under the proximal hamstring muscle, which is known as ischial tunnel syndrome. Patients with sciatic nerve entrapment may present with symptoms down the leg in any region innervated by the sciatic nerve. Pain specifically in the buttock may also indicate sciatic nerve entrapment. Patients with sciatic nerve entrapment in the subgluteal space typically present with a history of direct gluteal trauma and difficulty sitting for more than 30 minutes. Patients with ischiofemoral impingement typically have symptoms during gait when transitioning from mid-stance to terminal stance as the lesser trochanter contacts the ischium. This injury may also involve the sciatic nerve, so that's why this is included here. Patients with ischial tunnel syndrome may present with symptoms radiating down the posterior thigh into the popliteal fossa that's aggravated by running and with knee extension and hip flexion at heel strike. Ischial tunnel syndrome is caused by thickening of the hamstring tendon due to trauma or partial avulsion of the hamstring tendon. So I'm going to share an article in the show notes that has more details on these different areas of entrapments and ways to test specifically for each. But for this episode, because we wanted to keep it as an overview, 
we're just going to quickly review the slump test, which I think is one that we all see and probably use very often. So a 2015 study showed that the slum test was highly sensitive in identifying neuropathic pain within the study sample. Adding a pain location criterion improved the specificity of the slump test. Combining the diagnostic outcomes was very effective in identifying all those without neuropathic pain and half of those with neuropathic pain. So in the 2015 article, the way they describe performing the slump test is that the patient sits on the side of the table. You ask the patient to slump over, flexing through their spine. Next, you're going to ask the patient to look down. Then ask the patient to dorsiflex one ankle, then extend the knee on the same side. The patient is asked after each step if they have any change in their symptoms. The patient is then asked to extend the neck and note any changes in their symptoms. You might see variations in the order of these steps depending on the source. However, sources consistently state that tension and reproduction of symptoms is a positive test and that you should assess change between each step. Um, So, Amanda, I don't know if there's anything you want to add on that. I think I've traditionally performed and seen the slum test, and I saw some sources that said to extend the knee before dorsiflexing the ankle. I don't know how you typically do it. Um, I think it kind of depends how irritable I think they're going to be. If I'm not sure if it's going to bring it on, I kind of have them go dorsiflexion right into knee extension just to see if I'll get more clear response. If I'm pretty confident it's going to bring on their symptoms, I'll usually have them extend the knee first. And if they're really lit up, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily make them go into full dorsiflexion. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it it kind of depends on the source that you're looking at, but um, the thing to know for this test is just understanding what a positive test would look like. So, um, you know, the other thing with sciatic nerve entrapment is obviously you want to do your differential diagnosis. So, you're trying to figure out, you know, where this nerve might be trapped. You want to look at um, the low back. Also, sometimes SI joint symptoms can mimic sciatic nerve pain. Um, So that's just something to keep in mind as well. Anything else you want to add on sciatic nerve, Amanda? No, I don't think so. Okay. So I'm not going to go into details. Um, I mentioned in the beginning the pudendal nerve. Um, so I'm not going to really go into details on that in this episode. However, I do think it's important to note that this is something you'll need to know more about if you decide to work in pelvic health, as this is a nerve that can refer pain to the genitals and anal region. Um, so if you're screening your patient for pelvic health symptoms or if they're, which we should be screening all of our patients for, and if we are... Um, finding that they're having some of those pelvic health symptoms, you might ask about this um, and it may lead you to think, hey, maybe this is going on and then you'll want to refer them to an appropriate provider in that situation. So just something I wanted to note on that, but I'm not going to go into too many details since we're not necessarily going to see that in an orthopedic setting. Uh, The obturator nerve can be entrapped as it exits the obturator canal or more distally by the fascia overlying the short adductor muscles. Patients present with exercise-induced medial thigh pain originating near the common origin of the adductor muscle group and radiating distally along the medial thigh. Medial thigh symptoms are aggravated by stretching into hip abduction and slight extension, but they're not aggravated by resisted adduction. So that's a good way to tell the difference between an obturator nerve entrapment and Um, something muscular going on in the adductors is it's not going to be irritated if it's the obturator nerve by resisted adduction. 
The next one we're going to talk about is the femoral nerve. So entrapment of the femoral nerve can occur at the level of the inguinal ligament as it enters the femoral triangle. Entrapment can occur in the iliacus compartment or the adductor canal and involves the saphenous branch. Patients present with pain, numbness, and paresthesias in the anterior thigh when the saphenous branch is involved. Um, and when the saphenous branch is involved, symptoms may be noted in the anterior medial knee, joint, medial leg, and foot. These patients also present with quadriceps weakness. Symptoms are reproduced with movements of hip extension and knee flexion, such as with the modified Thomas test position. The next one we're going to talk about is lateral femoral cutaneous nerve. Um, so the entrapment of the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve can occur where it perforates the inguinal ligament approximately two centimeters medial to the ASIS. The lateral femoral cutaneous nerve is a sensory nerve only. So these patients will present with paresthesias, numbness, stinging, or burning sensations in the anterior lateral, lateral thigh associated with hypersensitivity to touch. These patients will also present with a positive pelvic compression test and Tonell sign. And that article that I'm going to link in the show notes has more details on what the pelvic compression test looks like as well. So that's kind of all of the nerves that are in the anterior and posterior hip region that could get entrapped. Um, anything that you want to add to any of that, Amanda? No, I don't think so. I think just the key takeaways there are knowing what your positive tests are and just um, screening it in or out, you know, knowing mm -hmm. what would indicate a muscular involvement versus neural involvement. Yeah, absolutely. So now we're going to talk about two entrapments that can occur in the lower leg. So the first one is the peroneal nerve. The common peroneal nerve entrapment at the fibular head is actually the most common nerve entrapment in the lower limbs. This nerve is in a vulnerable position. It can be damaged at the fibular head by trauma or injury to the knee, after a total knee, compression of the fibular head during surgery, fracture of the fibula, fracture of the tibial plateau, use of a tight plaster cast of the lower leg, crossing the legs regularly, pressure from deep sleeper coma, and from patellar dislocations. And with these patients, motor deficits are going to be predominant. Patients will present with foot drop and inversion of the foot. Sensory deficits will be noted over the anterior and lateral part of the lower leg and foot, and these patients can also present with neuropathic pain. So when you're looking at um, patients and you're screening for these um, nerve entrapments, heel walking is a quick gross screen of the deep peroneal nerve, while toe walking is a quick gross screen of the tibial nerve and superficial peroneal nerve. Peroneal nerve tension can be tested by inverting the foot during the slump test, and it can also be tested with the, with the peroneal nerve tension test, which is a variation of the straight leg raise where the ankle is plantar flexed and inverted. So I've actually, I think I've seen one patient who had, um, it was after a total hip op, actually. Um, I think there was just some compression during surgery and they had this peroneal nerve entrapment and pretty severe drop foot um, and needed an AFO and all that. So, I mean, I don't know if you've seen anybody specifically. I have this. seen some cases for this. I've seen it too in like, um, like post fibular fractures. Um, mm -hmm. it can be fairly common, obviously to varying extents, but, um, it's definitely something I think gets missed a lot. So just making sure you're clinically screening for it. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and just the last one that I want to touch on is the sural nerve. So with the sural nerve, um, there's going to be sensory deficits only. It's a sensory nerve. Um, and it can cause pain in the calf as well as the lateral ankle and foot. So just something to be aware of. Um, you know, I was looking up things for this episode and there's not a ton of information out there. I think it's just important to understand that you're going to have those sensory deficits and where the pain is going to be with a sural nerve entrapment. So, um, that is what I have for you all for the lower extremity nerve entrapments. As always, feel free to send us an email at certifiedocspodcast at gmail.com. We've got one more study session left here in February before the 2021 test. Um, so we hope you guys are having, a, you know, staying sane studying and let us know how we can help. All right. Thank you. Take care.